Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. How the hell are you? Wow. Super rad times. I am doing fairly well, all things considered. It's been a really interesting last week. Uh, my mom went back into the hospital uh, a few days ago. Uh, so, you know, just between doing this and it's just been rough. It's been like, you know, all hours, all hands on deck kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, but you know, talking about more awesome, cool things other than that, um, you know, this week I have Jason Roach from Ice Howl here in the Metal Forge, and we are going to be talking about awesome Ice Howl metal. Yeah, absolutely. Super rad times. Great dude to talk to. Fellow Indiana guy. I hate saying Hoosier because that word sucks. I hate it won't say, oh, the fellow Hoosier here. Yeah, fuck that. So, yeah, before we get in with Jason in the heavy metal wasteland and the big excursion that he is doing this week, 
Um, what did you all think of last week's episode? It was like super rad to me. We had fingernails in the studio, Athena with Metal Mischief, and talking with me, you know, on the the album Corpsest, you know. Super fun times. I totally had such a great time recording everybody here. And big news is coming, and I'm going to go ahead and give you this now. So, most of you know, I've talked about this at great length. I'm using a Focusrite 2i2 uh, Scarlet interface, USB interface. Took two channels, cool deal. Gets the job done. Gets a, an in-person uh, mic with me. Gets the phone. Does everything. But I'm actually upgrading my rig here to where I will be able to record up to six channels at one time. So I'll have a few people in the studio. I still have some people on the phone. And we can all have like this big extravaganza episode. So hopefully, by the 200th episode of the Metal Forge, hell yeah, coming up soon. It's actually like 16 episodes away. Wow, it's so fucking close. It's going to be like here before you know it. So hopefully... When that episode comes out, I'm going to have some cool people here in the studio and on the phone. How fucking cool is that shit? I think it's awesome. I think it's grand. It's going to kick ass and everybody's going to love it. That's fucking right. So before we get with Jason again, I want to do another thing because, hey, I haven't done this in a while. Remember, I used to ask the question of the week type stuff. Well, Today is going to be one of those questions of the week because I had such a good conversation with a friend of mine the other day about, you know, you know, life kicks you in the balls a lot. Now, if for some reason in this lifetime, you know, and I say in this lifetime, you know, if you're, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years old right now, say in your lifetime, time travel becomes a thing. Would you do it? Would you go back in time? Would you go to the future? What would you do? Because there are so many plot holes about going in time. Because nobody understands. It's like, hey, if I went back in time, I'd do this. You're still yourself. You're still your whatever age you are. I'm 39 right now. So I would still be 39-year-old Mark going back to, like, 1965. So, you know being, you know, 39 years old, you figure you're going to live until you're 72. So, you know, you've got another 32 years here, right? Or whatever. So, how do you how do you do that? You know, do you have, you know, you could really screw some things up, obviously, whether you run into your old family, you know, family when you're like your dad when he was like 20 years old or whatever, like I would be doing. You know, so on and so forth. How would you do that? You know, you couldn't have children because then you're into the Terminator paradox of things, right? Because then it's like, you know, Kyle Reese goes back in time to to protect John Connor's mom, Sarah, and ends up becoming John's dad, and he's his best friend in the future. How weird is that shit? I mean, that's what I think about, you know, when the power goes out and I have good conversations with people. That means something, you know, and everybody means something, but you know what I mean, you know, close friendship type stuff. You you can uh, you can be a smart ass, and if anybody remembers, and here's like another interesting little tidbit of Ed's Tuesday musings. If anybody remembers Ed from the radio days here on the Metal Forge, he brought up an interesting di- dynamic of Back to the Future, and it has to do with Uncle Jailbird Joey. 
At the beginning of the movie, you see Lorraine throw the cake down on the table in their slum life. Well, your, your Uncle Joey didn't make parole again this year. That kind of thing, right? Well, in when Marty goes back and changes the past and, and George becomes a somebody, he stands up to Biff, and when he gets back to the future in the 1985, everybody's life is different. It's changed. Like, Biff is a... He's like all humble Mr. McFly you know now don't cheat me on that second coat of wax Biff kind of thing and the the parents were like either tennis or golfing or, or something like that but they never explain if Joey never was in jail and that is so weird and they never bring him up in the rest of the series what the fuck is that it's like come on this is like a big plot hole right <laughs> Anyways, fuck that. Enough of my yakking here, as Marty DeBerkey would say. We're going to go ahead. Let's check in with Jason at the Heavy Metal Wasteland and see what he's talking about. It's been in the news lately, so let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Wasteland. A couple weeks ago, Mark hit on the Pantera reunion. Pantera in air quotes, I must say. And uh, I wanted to delve a little bit deeper into uh, not just Pantera, per se, but uh, bands who can be perceived as still out there uh, for money only. I think the most egregious example of this is uh, Queensryche right now, even though they still record albums. Uh, there's no Jeff Tate. They just fired a long-standing drummer. Yeah, it seems to have uh, one guy uh, took the reins and uh, steering the ship, as they say. Getting all these really good slots, you know, just based on their longevity of their name and uh, you know, classic albums like Operation Mindcrime, etc. Uh, I think another one of these bands that can be thrown in the category, even though I don't agree with it, is uh, ACDC. You know, people will say, uh, you know, when Malcolm died, uh, ACDC should have stopped. When uh, Brian Johnson had to drop off and they got Axl Rose. You know, why were they doing that? Just to get money. Even though I think that was probably more of a move to avoid paying a high uh, insurance premium for canceling myself. And also Brian's back in the band. So uh, Power Up is a pretty damn good album, if you ask me. Uh, another example I can think of is Accept. Uh, Wolf Hoffman is the only band member still in. Peter Baltus was for a while, but he dropped off last... Uh, album before the last album that's a pretty valid argument even though I will say that I'm a pretty big uh, modern except fan uh, Blood of the Nations is probably one of my top 10 albums ever I listen to it like once a month still religiously Metallica uh, there's a, a Cliff Burton or Nothing um, camp and uh, also uh, you could probably throw Slayer in that also with the uh, no Jeff Hanneman obviously who passed and uh, firing Dave Lombardo, yeah, who is still uh, young, or not young, but still active, and uh, now playing in Testament. Not like he couldn't do it. They just, uh, for some reason, didn't want him to do it. Probably because of money. Those are just a few examples. There's, there's a bunch more. I mean, you can always get into the two great white camps, the two rat camps, the two uh, LA gun camps, you know, uh, Skid Row, you know, uh, those kind of bands, too. So, um, but that's us uh, Let's focus on the Pantera, uh, or I say Pantera in air quotes still. So this uh, band was, for all intents and purposes, dead. 
you know, uh, Vinnie Paul pretty much swore off that they would never play to get with Phil again after some of the stuff he said about Dimebag. Yeah, when Dimebag died, you know, we all know that story. And then uh, Vinnie Paul dies. And, uh, you know, there was never any uh, patching up between the uh, Abbott camp and the Anselmo uh, side. Yeah, I think to an extent maybe Rex was uh, <clears throat> kind of shunned by the Abbots as well from what I remember reading about playing with Down for a while and uh, stuff like that. So um, what changed uh, after Phil said that there would never be a Pantera reunion without Vinnie Paul? Well, the uh, Danny Weber Presents and others overseas as well came calling with a huge bag of money needing a big name on top of their posters or admat for industry terms and uh you know swung and hit a home run uh, apparently because this is really happening uh they've recruited zach wilde and charlie benante to fill in on guitar and drums respectively even though i'm not feeling it because those two guys play with a totally different feel than what diamond Vinny played with you know anybody can imitate notes or drum beats and play to a metronome, but they just don't have the same feel. Like Black Label Society sounds nothing like Pantera did. Anthrax's drumming sounds nothing like Pantera's drumming did. So this just screams of and reeks of greed and desperation, uh, probably from you know both sides. Zach and Charlie, I'm sure you know, if they didn't do it, they'd be fine off financially, but. You know, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Phil and Rex could uh, probably use that uh, big money. And uh, I did read that the uh, estates of both uh, Diamond and Vinny signed off, and I'm sure they did because they're probably getting a boatload of, boatload of money too. So, again, there's already a celebration of Pantera that happened. It's called Dime Bash. It's where musicians who are influenced by Pantera or, you know, Vinny and Dimes playing get up. And it's kind of like open mic. You go up and play songs, and uh, you know, influence or by Pantera, and uh, do their best, and everyone enjoys it. Seems like, and uh, looks like everyone has a good time. So people get drunk, throw white power signs. Not saying anything about Phil. It could have been an accident, but you know, if you remember that incident, that's uh, where it happened at a dime bash. So, um, yeah, if they really wanted to do something like that. Uh, on the festivals, just have Dime Bash but on a bigger scale. Just have musicians playing the same day as the festival come up and join the Cowboys from Hell or whatever other song title you want to insert to describe what's happening from the uh, 6 to 7 o'clock hour. And uh, yeah, just have fun like that. Like just a big, huge open mic on a, you know, a festival uh, stage. I think it would have been uh, a lot more memorable and a lot more of a place of um, celebration and respect than calling this Pantera without any subtitles, just straight up Pantera. And um, out there kind of just uh, desecrating the name, in my opinion. If you ever saw the uh, Phil and the Illegals set, you'll know that um, Phil's not really up for the high or higher register Pantera stuff. Cemetery Gates, Medicine Man, stuff like that, um, that they have in their discography. So, um... That's all I got to say about it, really. You know, I'm just... I think I'm in agreement with Mark. I'm, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not about it. I just don't think it's right. You know, some bands just are dead, and they should just be left that way. 
I mean, you don't see like Jimi Hendrix coming back out and playing, do you? The Jimi Hendrix experience without Jimi Hendrix. You know, I mean, if something happened to um, Alex Van Halen, is uh, David Lee Roth coming back as Van Halen? I mean, quite possibly. I mean, this sets a precedent that it could anything can happen now. So, um, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. But um, just leave uh, leave some comments to me and Mark and let us know if you agree, disagree, uh, look at it from a different point of view. You know, tell us to shut the fuck up. Whatever, you know. And uh, as always, guys, uh, stay safe, stay heavy, and stay hydrated. Because it's really hot out there right now. And uh, we will talk to you next time. You know what? Definitely, Jason. Thank you for, like, pointing all of that out. Because, honestly, to me, it really sounds like this. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. No, really, though. I mean, yeah, it's all about the boatload of money and all that shit and everything, and it sucks, but, you know, it's what it is. I mean, I really, you know, I don't get certain things, and, you know, I saw Slayer with Hanneman, and I saw Slayer with Gary Holt, and honestly, I mean... Gary Holt is a badass, let's just face it, you know. He's not Jeff Hanneman, because he's a, he's a different style of guitarist. Yeah, they're still thrash and whatnot. You know, Jason Newstead and Rob Trujillo and Cliff, they're all different people. They're all different players. It all does that. This, to me, like uh, Jason said, is, you know, Zach's not Dime and Charlie's not Vinny. And granted, it's probably the two best-case scenarios... But, you know, for me, it's just not a Pantera at that point. So, yeah, like he said, give us a give us a drop, uh, shout out a line, do whatever. Give us a shout out, drop a line. There it is. There it is. Uh, uh, so, yeah, do all that. Fucking awesome. Let's go ahead and get into some Ice How, though. We're going to go with the title track from this week. We're going to go with Darkness From Beyond.
really cool things happening this coming up week. Check out Slaughter at Southgate House. It is a two-night kick-ass battle royal event with some of the most awesome fucking bands out there today. It is from Transplant Productions when Will Finer, and you're going to be getting your ass kicked that night. Actually, you're going to be getting it kicked two nights in a row, August 5th and August 6th. We're going to have Ex-Hoarder, Shankable Offense, Cheap Gas, Blazantine, Wraith, Idle Throne, Black Knife, so many fucking more. There is a meet and greet for Ex-Hoarder Saturday, August 6th at 1.45 p.m. And then it's going to be at... Jet Age Records, just up the a couple of blocks up the street from the event. You want to be there. You know you want to fucking be there. It's at the Southgate House Revival in Newport, Kentucky, the epicenter of metal these days, because it's right in the middle of Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Hell yeah! Tickets can be found on TicketWeb.com, SouthgateHouse.com, and you can also find out more information at Facebook.com slash Transplant Music Pro. Get your fucking asses out there and metal the fuck on. Stay heavy. All right, metalheads. This one is a little bit interesting this week because we're somewhat in the same area, but it's a phone interview because of work schedules and and so much other shit. I have Jason from Ice Howl here. Dude, what is going on? Hey, it's all going well here. Yeah, um, it would be an awesome if we could have done it in person, but hey, it is what it is, and I'm glad that I'm here to talk with you. Hell yeah, dude, because we've been like talking for quite a while now and just like, you know, watching the TikTok page of that you have on there and how you're like you do like a lot of hot take stuff, which is so fucking cool to me. <laughs> well well, I, I just try to do what uh what um the the TikTok algor- algorithm chooses for me to to interact with, so you know how it is with the TikTok. Oh, for sure, because you could do so much on there and nobody views your stuff, but you get the one like the one trend or the one sound that goes on and then all of a sudden it's like bang, you've got you've got 100,000 followers all of a sudden. Yeah, like I've I've made I've I've had some uh some interesting takes on TikTok, but of course, so far the only videos that have uh, kicked off decently is a uh, one about Coheed and Cambria and one about Breaking Benjamin. So I don't know. <laughs> Which is totally interesting because like, I think even in the metal world, how we are this niche group of people that, you know, even on TikTok, we're, you, I see so many metal videos, like so many, because obviously it's part of the algorithm for what I, what I listen to. And, and just like, even still, we're we're still somewhat of a niche group where you know we're not going to get hundreds of thousands of views because of metal. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, but you know, actually, TikTok is pretty interesting. Um, just because I guess it's because of how new it is, and like one of the first people that started following me, which I actually kind of I was like, uh-huh, was an enforcer. Like they uh they started following me. I was like I was like, no way. And then yeah, it was the actual enforcer page. I was like, Well, that's that's pretty damn cool. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm just, I, I'm just a no one at this at this point, so and they kick ass, so 
Well, yeah, because anytime somebody that you look up to follows your page, it's like, wait, what? Did that just happen? Like, for me, it was interesting when people like, uh, you know, like Phil Demmel followed my Instagram page and Neil Turbin followed my Instagram page and uh, Lars Fredrickson. You know, it's like seeing these people and it's like, wait a second. Holy shit, that's cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. That's really cool. Tell everybody out in Metal Forge land about Ice Howl. All right. Well, Ice Howl is a interesting combination of I don't know what it really is at this point. But what I do know is that as of right now, it is two people. And one of us lives in Kentucky and one of us lives in uh, around Bloomington, Indiana. And we just make heavy metal. Um, so it originally started as a... I started writing songs right after I, I was trying to get back into the music scene because I took a, a break for a few years um, after I left a band called Thorax. Um, I I got married and you know, finished college and stuff. So after that point in time, I was ready to get back into music once I had more time. Um, so I started writing songs for Ice Owl and um, – I started a little group that was formerly called Tundra Vibrations, and then that changed into Ice eventually. Okay. Back in 2015 is when, you know, you had done the, the Tundra Vibrations project. Yes. And you have released quite a few things between EPs and singles and full-length albums. So to date, you've got, what, three full-lengths? Is that correct? Yes, I just released my third full-length album called Darkness From Beyond. Hell yeah, which I guess that that came out earlier in July. Yep, it is fresh off the press. Nice. And again, it's here it's 10 songs of awesome kick-ass metal, I'm sure. And I'm saying like I'm sure, you know. <laughs> of course it is. But yeah. I always like to dissect everything about an album. Um I, I guess that's just the 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 connoisseur in me from like being being a kid and just like picking up an album and looking at the the jacket and so on and so forth you've got some oh, amazing yeah. artwork for the cover of this well thank you um the artist was the famous and uh one of a kind david paul seymour wow and super rad guy uh we i've talked to him several times on on facebook and stuff and you know give him a shout out every time i get a chance to because he's done so many uh, you know awesome pieces of art you know from that you know throne of iron which you're you're connected to as well and yes and um uh Blind Scryer, they're from Louisville, their first album. He did the artwork for that as well. Super rad fucking guy. And he's always oh, yeah. selling stuff Great online, man. it seems like. Oh yeah. Like like um I I first discovered uh David Paul Seymour um just because I was involved heavily in the um Doom Doomstoner scene and I noticed his artwork popping up quite a bit and um and then, of course, then uh, Throne of Iron then commissioned him for their first full-length album called Adventure One. And I just told myself, you know, I, I was like, he's going to be David Paul Seymour is going to be the one that's going to do the artwork for my next album. So, um, yeah, it happened, and I, I am absolutely stoked to how great it turned out in, in that regard. And the great thing about his artwork is it's like some people you can always tell is, wow, that's this person's piece. Or yes. like um, 
for as awesome as he is, Kristoff uh, Spagel. He does so many out um, like band logos, you know, like Emperor. Uh, he's done yes. so many awesome logos throughout the years, but you can totally tell it's his work. Um, and I think you know, with David Paul Seymour, I think he reinvents every person. You know, whoever he does artwork for, it's a reinvention of something. It's not oh, yeah, like he's. It's not like he's picking the same thing to go, or like the same concept to go for two or three albums worth of different things for people. So that's what's cool to me. He has a very unique style um, with his uh, with his brush strokes, mm-hmm. and the way he utilizes color is very uh, unique to him. And I really like like when he when he goes with with color, he usually picks usually about two colors and then he focuses on those two colors and then it absolutely makes whatever piece he's doing just absolutely pop definitely and looking at darkness from beyond it's that kind of uh blue that the mountains are in the in the blood red yes and yes that's exactly what i was drawn to was was that 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 color scheme now this looks like and i just and just from looking at the digital picture of this this looks like an actual painting. Was this is this actual painting or was this digital creation? Um, do you know that? You know, I I do believe that this one was just a digital painting, but I do know that he does um, he sometimes he does do uh, actual uh, canvas. Uh, well, he actually paints yeah, them like by oil. hand. Yeah, I think it just depends on, on what ones he does. Nice. But uh, I think this one was, was a digital uh, project. Definitely. And see, it looks totally like it was done on canvas, which oh, I, I think is super, super fucking cool. Like um, Wormwalk, if you're familiar with Wormwalk's art. Uh, he, I am not. Uh, he had done the cover of uh, Morgul Blade's album. Okay. And, okay, I'm I'm aware of Morgul Blade and and Rygar from Texas. He's done their artwork, and just like so many awesome pieces. And he is total. He doesn't do it digitally. He's all like oil, like oil or or uh, or acrylic and ink or whatever, and just like puts up time lapse videos. So seriously, the artwork to me always means so much to the album. Yes. Um, I'm, I actually went to college for graphic design, so art has always been the thing that I've always kind of, um, been drawn towards. And I'm kind of like you, when you used to go to it, when, or not why I say use, uh, when I go to a store, I, I usually tend to make my decision on what I buy, whether it be records or CDs, just based on how the art, artwork looks. Oh, definitely. I still do. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's going to be those bands that everybody's into because they're their name value at some point, you know, like the Metallicas, Megadeths, uh, Violent Thor, uh, Municipal Waste, uh, those oh, yeah. bands. But I love looking through, like, the miscellaneous letter sections, like the miscellaneous A's and B's, and, you know, like the ones that you're not going to find Black Sabbath under, that it's just, it might ah. be some weird band that has that's not warranted a card in the section but it gets put under the miscellaneous rack and just buying albums based on hey that looks really cool i wonder what it sounds like yeah i i usually tend to look in between um 
the actual cards because I say you never know what you're going to find. And sometimes you might overlook that one that is hard to find and or it has cool art or or you've got a, a hidden gym. And yeah, that's I, I absolutely love record hunting is it is something that I wish I could do more of, actually. For sure. So uh, when, since we've got that that uh, out there, what is the best hidden gem you've ever found record hunting to date? Oh, I got I got the perfect one. Um, I found I went to a half price books uh, outlet in Bloomington, and I was looking through their CD section, and I found the first uh, pressing of Meshuggah's None. Ooh, and um, with the original artwork, not not the redone, but the original. Um, so that one's actually pretty hard to find. For sure, that is like a, that's like a holy grail piece. I think. Yeah, I I happened to find it, and I looked at the CD, and the CD was in pretty decent condition, considering that it was in ha- it was in half priced uh, books in in a used section. So, <laughs> right, I was I was pretty damn surprised. Hell yeah, mine I I bought. It was somebody had sold their collection at the uh one of the stores here in town in louisville and this was probably three or so years ago and i bought it because of the album cover and it was a band called malaya rage okay and not familiar it is it's interesting because it was a band that sully erna was in before godsmack and he really and he was a drummer in that band actually a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't know that he he's a, he was a drummer also, and it was like he wasn't on that album that I bought because it was before his time in that band, but I got it based on there was like a a skeleton on the cover with like a a war bonnet that like an Indian war bonnet and it was called Endless Rage I believe is the name of the album, and it was just like from beginning to end like a nonstop listen. And I love going wow. into stores and doing that. That's cool. I, I would even have thought to have looked for anything like that. But see, that's that, that's the great part about going and trying to find records in, in an actual store. You just never know. Oh, for sure. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? 
then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you just put out a new album, and so it's kind of kind of like short notice on what's gonna come next. But with you being a two-piece currently. Are there plans for, you know, going and doing shows and stuff like that? Well, this is this is the thing about that is I want to. I I want to do I want to do some shows. I the, the way I see it is like the older I'm getting and I have a family, I I wouldn't personally want to be out all the time. But I do like the idea of maybe playing an Indianapolis show once a year or, you know, or going to Ohio once, once a year or, or make our way, make my way up to Chicago or something like that. Um, but as of right now, there are no plans to do any live shows. Um, even though I would absolutely love to. Definitely. Well, I think it's got to be a point, like you said, you know, you have a family to provide for and everything else. And let's face it, life on the road isn't easy. And, you know, even doing weekend warrior stuff, which a lot of people are doing now, you know, you get these bands that, you know, they take their vacation from their day job, which is what I do. Take my vacation from my day job and go and play, you know, three or four, five shows in a row and just be doing that. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm sure you're probably aware of uh, uh, Lords of the Trident up in uh, Wisconsin. For sure. Um, I know that they particularly talk about doing short run tours, and they actually did a um, they did a seminar on actually how to be profitable uh, by doing short run uh, short run <laughs> short run uh, touring. Right. And so they. They, they actually have it down to science, and um, so it actually is pretty doable to do it that way, uh, but she's got to be dedicated to it. Oh, for sure. You know, I was seeing, like, there's, over the years, I've seen a few things. Like, there's a documentary called Get Thrashed, and I don't know okay. if you're familiar with it or not, but it was, it was produced by, like, Rat Skates from Overkill and a few other people, and they were talking with, um, with Gary Holt from Exodus, and how they would go out on the road back in the day when they were younger, and they would go for like 60 days. You know, they would do, you know, like 56 shows in 60 days and have four days off the entire time. And then they would come back and, you know, they would get a job at like a Burger King, and that Burger King wouldn't even want to hire them because they, they're spotty work. Well, you didn't have a, a job for the last three months. Well, it's been, I've been out on the road, you know, I've been on tour. Yeah, that's their job. <laughs> and that, yeah, and just like 
it's it's so interesting the dynamic of how to balance that stuff because obviously we all have downtime when when we're off the road and off doing what you know the thing that makes us us you know the music aspect of it absolutely yeah just just going off by that you know and i don't know the idea of 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 going to play you know even going just a couple hours out from wherever your direction is it's getting harder i think for bands in this particular point in time you know considering post-covid era or actually it's like post we're still in it but um and i think the one thing that i'm interested to see what's going to play out is you know gas prices oh yeah you know, there's a lot of bands that are not we're not making money as it was and now this is one thing that they have to uh figure into how much money they're going to spend and how much they're going to make and you know it all it all the prices and everything just goes up from there oh for sure and that's, and that's unfortunate to see Oh, it very much is. And just like, you know, I've always been an advocate for doing what you can with what you have. Obviously, you know, like in my personal situation, we've completely made it to the deal of like, okay, how can we travel as effectively as possible with carrying as little gear as possible? You know, not necessarily like gear sharing with anybody, but like not being, not having to be reliant on that either. It's like, so like finding a way that we can, you know, we can take some powered monitors and run direct if we have to, you know, shit like that is like, you know, you don't have to have the half stack, you know, 800 setup. You can totally get away with, with not having that. <laughs> oh, you are absolutely preaching to the choir right here. I, I 100% back that with every fiber in my bead. <laughs> right. I mean, there's almost to a point where it's like technology has outweighed or outgrew whatever the, whatever I'm trying to say here has like, completely changed the touring game because it used to be bands like Metallica and the Rolling Stones, you know, where they do play direct. They have like one live, one live head or whatever, but they don't have, you don't even have to do that anymore with like, you know, Kemper and Axe Effects and Sans Amps and so on and so forth. You could, you could hook up straight, straight to the house PA now. Oh yeah. It, assuming you're playing places that have one, <laughs> uh, yeah. Assu- assuming that you you are so blessed to have a a decent venue that, right. that isn't someone's that isn't someone's uh, garage out in the middle of nowhere. I love but, the places that ha- that put on shows that don't have PA's and expect you to bring one and don't tell you that you need to bring one. <laughs> I, I, I've never happened. To that. I never. That's never happened to me. Uh, but now on that uh, note, one of the best shows I've ever played was in a little stoner shack in uh, Somerset, Kentucky. Oh wow! And that was, and it was just a little. This is a little shack up in the mountains there in the tail end, and uh, that was that was a night to remember. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I mean, you know, like. Southern Kentucky uh, is an interesting, you know, it's an interesting cat all in its own right, you know, because you get like the Appalachian Trail that runs through there, and yep. and some of the most awesome people in the world that like that get into like the whole metal scene from there are just so fucking awesome. Like the guys from Kiarn, um, which I had on the show a few weeks back, total like Appalachian doom metal and. Yeah, it, it's it's totally another being, and it's so fucking awesome. 
I, I wish I could live in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, it would definitely help with the aesthetic of the music I make. <laughs> well, given given Indiana, like especially southern Indiana, you're technically living in the mountains of Indiana because if you moved up north, it's all flatland. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Like I, I told, I, I tell people all the time, like, no, you don't understand. South of Indianapolis is, or actually south of Bloomington, is a different state that's in itself. Oh yeah, it's all hilly. <laughs> it's all it's all hilly. It's not what you expect when you think of Indiana. We actually actually have some very interesting um, terrain going on here. Oh for sure, yeah. I mean, even even from around where I am and where I grew up, it's totally. It's like you know, any direct you any direction you want to go, and it's and it's different every direction so which is which yeah. is always fun because you can always get into trouble out in the out in the wilderness in indiana <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah lots of lots of shit gets blown up oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah so again we talked about just releasing the album uh so are you already writing to something new now uh i've, I've played around with a few demos but nothing nothing concrete or uh, substantial in any sense. Um, like I, I'm, I'm trying to do my best to let everything come uh, naturally and not try to force anything at all. Definitely, I can get behind that. Uh, to me, it's always like a thing where I notice these. Like, I don't want to call you like a bedroom project because you know you're you're not. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a, base, I'm, a, I'm a basement project. Okay, so yeah, even better. You're you're a basement project, which is you know, sounds a little bit better than a bedroom project. <laughs> I notice that like so many people that do that just put out their stuff, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, like three months later, they're putting out something else. And I love the creativity. Don't get me wrong. But like I've always been like the person where it's like okay we got to do this we here's our goal here's what we do okay next year here's our goal here's what we're doing here's what we're gonna do you know and just do that like that so seeing so many creative people just sit there and be able to rail off like albums of material and I'm talking about you Trevor Church ha ha <laughs> oh I, dude dude I I don't know how he does it <laughs> right like, like I've I have. I mean, I've not really talked to him in length about 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 this in particular, but I told him I said I don't know how you do what you do to the magnitude that you do because that's all he and, does. Well, and, and his answer to me was that this is his day job. This is his job. Yep. And he treats it like his job. And I was like, well, I guess that's as good an excuse for any, you know, you know, if, if this is literally what's making you your money. Oh, then, for sure. Yeah, you you have to sit there and you. You treat it as such, and then, you know, everything that you put out is what it is. Like, for example, like, going back and, like, reading, like, the the noting about, like, how Pyromania was created in the studio. That they went in and worked with the producer, like, for an entire year, eight-hour days, you know, yeah. with, with, like, Mutt Lang and, and stuff, and just going... You know, they get to the studio at, at say, 12 o'clock, and they leave at 8 p.m., and they're just sitting there hammering and writing and re-recording, and obviously, you know, it was a mil- it, and when it came out, it was a million-dollar album, 
that they spent over a million dollars on on the recording process and you know and the black album's the same way it took them like a year to record that i was gonna say yeah yeah, i was about to go (laughs) black album (laughs) right and and that was the other thing you know and i actually dug when that box set came out back in September of last year, it was interesting because you get to see more like behind the scenes footage of the year and a half in the life deal. And I already knew it was a crazy experience to begin with, but like seeing even more footage from that era and just like, it's just insane how that album came about. It like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, I feel like I feel like that there's a lot of people who still take the stance of, oh, every everything past the master puppets is, is shit, <laughs> right? And I'm just like, no, <laughs> well, no, I, I agree. I'm a fa- and you know I'm going to die on this hill uh, to tie it into running up a hill. Uh, this whole Stranger Things <laughs> thing, I'm totally going to die on the hill here and saying that I'm a fan of their entire career, with exception with exception of Lulu. You know, you know, I, I was actually, I was actually wondering if you were going to say Saint Anger there, but um, I'm actually kind of happy that you said that because I feel the exact same way. I feel like Lulu was hot garbage. Well, for me, Lulu was Metallica jam sessions with uh, Bad Lou Reed poetry over top of it. Yes, and uh, I but, say bad. But, well, I say there was one redeeming quality out of that album. And that was Junior Dad. The the track on there, Junior Dad. Yeah, was actually all right. That that particular track, it goes on forever. Right. And but I, think that's I, the I, only I feel one like that was. Live. Yes, it was the only one they did live. Uh, I think they might have done the, the "I Am the Table" one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like uh, Junior Dad was kind of. Lou Reed's swan song in a sense. Right. Because I think that was kind of the last thing he ever did publicly, I think. Right. You know, it's so funny that we're talking about this because uh, that album came out like 11 or so years ago this past week. God, has it been that long? (laughs) Yeah. And I I was going through my Facebook posts and like through the memories on Facebook and I always look on there. It's like oh, that didn't age well, or that didn't. That's cringe. Delete. God, <laughs> you know? I, God that that makes me feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I sit there and I saw. It's like, all right, I'm so jazzed. I'm going to listen to this album. And I immediately reposted and said, Yeah, this aged well. <laughs> um, I I would listen to Saint Edgar any day. Like I, I feel like anyone who shits on uh, who shits on Saint Edgar has not actually sat down and truly tried to listen to it. I agree. And I think, and I've said this with so many other people, because it's like this gets brought up a lot on the show for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Say St. Edgar, how it's actually not that that as bad as what everyone thinks it is. Yeah, and you got to think, it's 19 years old now. That album came out 19 years ago. So, like, for me, I think listening to it on a different medium versus like you know your car stereo the the actual vinyl version listening to it in headphones you know find what the version that works for you because like i listen to it in the room and it's just like okay yeah this is saint anger 
and listening yeah. to it on vinyl, you know, because vinyl adds a completely different feel to a lot of things. Yes, it does. And, you know, just even even if it's like 180 gram, you still got the pops and the clicks and and a little bit of hiss in there. So it adds yeah. a, it adds another embodiment to it. But like I found the true love for that album listening to it on headphones because okay. there's so much stuff that's submixed on that album that you hear like rawness of like when they're recording the drum tracks you hear stuff in the background where some like James is like yeah you know and like you don't hear that just in a room mix it's no. like you have it concentrated into your ears and then you start to hear the stuff in the background come out yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I said, whatever whatever way uh, works for you to listen to that, I mean, anyone listening to this, I would really, really challenge any of you to sit down and try to give St. Anger an, a, a real chance and over try to overlook the snare. <laughs> we, all, we all know. Right. Uh, we all know the snare is, is literally – Pardon the pun. Garbage. <laughs> I see, <laughs> I see what, what I did there. there. <laughs> but but um, that that album is massive. It is like like the actual soundscape of it. It is huge, and I think what everyone needs to understand is the the time frame in which the album came out. They, you were you were you're in your early two thousands. You know. Metallica at the time was still living off the high of of you know you know the success from the Black Album and then the the era of Load and Reload and then eventually um, S and M and I, I don't know like the music was a different was a different thing back then it was it absolutely was. and yeah I I feel like they were trying to ride the coattails of new metal I think at the time. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. So let's go ahead and switch over to some general profile questions. 
All right, let's do it. Yeah. These are all about you as a person. They're, you know, they can be music related. They could be movie related. They could be, they're just life related questions. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'd see, see what kind of curveballs you can throw me. Yeah, because I, I'm really digging these new questions. Okay. Do you like to be spontaneous or do you like to have an itinerary, like an actual plan? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, you know, to be honest, I have felt that being spontaneous um, usually adds more fun to whatever it is you're doing. But I I find myself wanting to uh, be organized and have everything planned out. So I guess it just depends on how I'm feeling for the day. But I, I, I would generally think that being spontaneous is a better way to go about life. For sure. And... I'll second that. Like, I've always been like a guy where it's like, okay, I know I'm recording this episode on this day. I've got to, you know, I got to be at work at this time and this time. It's like, I've got to plan that stuff out. Yes. But like, I've recently, you know, been hanging out with a friend and it's been totally cool with the spontaneity of things. And it's just like, hey, fuck it. This is fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it adds. I mean, sometimes you got to go against the grain, and you just gotta, you know, you you gotta do things that your that your that your your mind is telling you not to do, and just try something different. And that's part of being spontaneous. I Hell think. yeah, absolutely. I like that. What do you think is not fair in today's society? <laughs> oh, I could go so many different ways with this. Um. I would like to start off by saying, like, I am not going to sit here and say that I am a unique person. I'm not going to say that at all. But I do try to think that I have unique perspectives on certain things. Because um, I don't believe in going with what everyone is saying. I go with what I feel is right. Okay. Um, I honestly, like, one of the things I honestly do not believe is fair in this world is... Um, wealth, wealth inequality. Like the older, the older I'm getting, the more I'm starting to see um, how things are truly unfair, and I, I can't stand it when I see people defending people who are literally using people for their mm. own gain. That, that absolutely burns me. It's because it's, it's so, it, it's so, it's so obvious now <laughs> it's like it's like before they always tried to, you know you know, you got you got your walmart your targets they always tried to hide it and now it's just out in the open you can literally look up what the profits and the losses of any company are at any given time right like and yeah go go go, go ahead Oh, no, what I was going to sit there and say how, like, just even in the fuel industry, how they're setting up record profits of billions of dollars, and it's all for what? All because, you know, it's not necessary. How can you have, like, ridiculous billion-dollar profits? Yeah. Something something doesn't smell right with that. Well, I mean, I mean, I I don't have the exact number on me, so I'm just saying this in 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 a general general uh way um if if i'm not mistaken last year target i believe made some sort of insane profits during during 2021 and of course you know we were in the heart of the pandemic at that time 
and um, I'm wanting to say it was even something over 40%. Oh, it was wow. something ins- it, it was something insane like that. And you know, you live in Indiana, so you know that we have a lot of we have a lot of red. <laughs> yes. In, we have a lot of red uh in, in our state. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, I have to sometimes, you know, you know, I have to deal with I have to talk with people that I don't I don't agree with. On, on certain things. Oh yeah, every and, day for and, me. And, and this is one of those things because I can't, I can't. I, no matter how many times I try to tell them, like, okay, so Target made for this is let's just say you know you know they made a huge profit. We're not going to say numbers, but they made a huge profit during during COVID. And then when it came time to give everyone raises, they actually laid people off and. They actually, in some some instances, I saw this uh, in some Reddit posts that some people who worked for the company claimed they only got a five cent raise, even though Target made all this profit. And it's just like, can they not, you know, just give part of that? If they made forty percent profit, take five percent. I mean, five percent. Right. I mean, you you still made thirty five percent. I mean, I, I don't. I, I try to explain this to people. I said, what's five percent? Exactly. To, to them, why can't they give that to their to their their employees in the form of a, of a wage? I don't understand. And then they're like, "Well, you know, they, you know, they're, they're just they're just you know, you know, cart pushers or blah blah blah." And I'm like, "But they are making the company money." Exactly. I talk about this like with McDonald's. Yeah. If, if I mean, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm getting on a tangent, but it's just it, it really bothers me. No, I how get some that. people just can't can't see common sense and oh, logic. No, you're you're absolutely right, and I'll I can I can put a pen in this with I'm a wrestling fan, and there's a story that Scott Hall, you know, the late Scott Hall, told about yes. when when Bret Hart was the was the WWF champion at the time, and Bret never asked for a raise ever. Like when in his deal and Vince McMahon always paid everybody else based on what his champion was making. Okay. And, you know, Scott wanted to make more money and he, he had had meetings with Vince and said that he's like, okay, so you can't budge on this, but what about on the merchandise? Can you just move the decimal point over a place or two? He's like, it might not mean a lot to the McMahon family, but for the Hall family, it would. And they, yeah, and they wouldn't do exactly. it. Exactly. And that's where it's at. You know, it's like, it doesn't mean anything, you know, if you move it over a, a, a decimal point on their side. But that, for any normal, normal average Joe out there, absolutely could mean a, a new car. Uh, or even a family yeah. vacation. Yeah, or or just some some peace of mind. You know, you know, if if something were if your if your vehicle were to break down or something like that. Oh, but yeah. I mean, it's I don't know. That's that that's just the one thing that I, that really drives me nuts is when I see people defending it, it's 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 corporate communism. It really is. Right. They 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 have a stranglehold on everything, and I wish people would just open their eyes and see that because it, it truly is happening. <laughs> Definitely. What is your kryptonite? Ooh, <laughs> um, my kryptonite is um, I. Let's see. I'm trying to I find a way a, better, a good way to word this. Um, I. It's it's kind of one kind of two parts. I have a bad tendency to um, look too much. 
like I'm doing right now. <laughs> I have a bad tendency to to look too much into things and read between lines when I shouldn't. And I'm guilty of that. <laughs> and another thing is uh, procrastination. <laughs> so you put I, too much I, thought I, into it, and then you don't do anything about it. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I, I have I have CD orders right now uh, that that need to be sent out, and and uh, not to make excuses, but I've been working six days a week right now, sometimes oh, it's, seven. It's rough. And uh, but but there's times I could have. I could have found some time to send, send CDs out. So I, anyone who's listening to this who haven't received a CD yet, I apologize. You know what? <laughs> I ordered I ordered something off of Bandcamp, and like they they're like a deal. I'm not like putting it down. Like they they're they're a deal where they don't go on tour or anything like that. And it was like a month and a half later. I was like, "Did you ever send my CD?" Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh shit, man, we forgot." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean. Sometimes people just they they get they they get lost in things that are going on. I mean, we're all human, you know. Oh yeah, I, I mean, totally get so, that. So, some some people are better at it than others, <laughs> right? A hundred percent. So I can definitely say that there are people better than me when it comes to those two things. If you were in charge, what three items would be in the office vending machine? Ooh, okay. Um, oh, God, this is going to sound so bad. Um, <laughs> I would <Light>. make sure. <laughs> no, uh, pumpkin spice Pop-Tarts. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Those things are those things are badass. I don't care what anyone – and I swear to Christ, if they don't have them this year, if they say there's a food shortage and they don't have my damn – if they don't have my damn uh, pumpkin spice Pop-Tarts, uh, I'm, I'm going to burn a Walmart down. You're going to riot. I'm gonna riot. <laughs> yes. Okay. So there, there's one, there's one item. I would have a uh, like a like a, a meat pack of like salami, pepperoni, stuff like that. Okay. I have, I, have, I, I, it's always good to have protein. Yeah, for um, sure. And the last thing would be, um, and this is only because this is really pissing me off right now that I can't find any of it, but there is a special coffee creamer that I use that is all natural, like it's all natural cream. I, I cannot I cannot drink anything that's sunflower oil based. It just yeah. it makes me sick. It makes me sick. I don't know how people could drink that shit. But uh but yeah, I can't find any of it anywhere. It's it's been sold out in my local Walmart for three weeks now. Oh. So that would be that'd be my third item I'd have it there. It it would constantly be stocked, I would be happy. Hell yeah. Yeah, so the pumpkin spice pop tarts hey. Those are great already because to me they're like the they're like the equivalent my favorite flavor of pop tarts is the brown sugar and cinnamon so like okay. they're I think they're on par with each other for sure uh the Damn. the meat pack yeah uh, the salami the the pepperoni you know that stuff hell yes yeah. totally get get on board with that and the creamer yeah I when when it comes to coffee yes I'm totally that guy, I'm that basic bitch <laughs> when it comes to coffee. Yeah. I'm like, all right, gotta have the the caramel macchiato creamer, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but I can't I can't do the kind that's like fake. I right. can't do it. I mean, it, it tears my stomach up. Like, like I just can't do it for me. Like I used to use like the powder, like the cremation powder creamer. Yeah, and like. I just like got grossed out because of how like waxy. It's like the same stuff that is made for like um like ramen noodles. They're like it, it's like food grade styrofoam. 
it, it ruins your it ruins your coffee. Yeah, it really does. It really it, it's does. Like, 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 who thought? Like, like, who thought that? Like, oh, this powder shit. Let's dump it in our coffee. That that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah, it would taste better with wood shavings. Uh, it would. It would not surprise me if there is wood shavings in that coffee. Oh, that's gross. You're right Cal- because Cal- with the stuff that the if. Uh, the FDA lets out there, you know, like oh, you're allowed to have eight spider legs in each candy bar and stuff uh-huh. like shit like that. That those horror stories that you hear, oh, it's crazy. Well, uh, they they craft uh, craft uh, shredded mozzarella. I think there for a long time, they said that there was traces of sawdust in I, in all in, in all of it. You know, and so there's that. I could <laughs> I could see that honestly because you know a lot of that stuff does get like put in boxes like wooden crates. And uh-huh. then, you know, when they're when they're tearing that shit apart and opening it up to, to process it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Got one more question. But before we get into that, links will be listed below, as always. So please give a like, a share, and a follow. Go to the Bandcamp page, purchase albums, purchase shirts, whatever is on there that you can support these guys with. Please do it because it's fucking awesome. It kicks ass. And it's what it's about is the support and the love of fucking metal out there. So please give a like a share and a follow and support jason do you have thank any you shout-outs? thank you everyone yes yeah definitely do you have any shout outs you want to give for anybody today yes i actually would um i would like to give a shout out to sean frazier of uh wise blood records um he is a kick-ass guy and he has a really really cool uh record label out of indianapolis um sean is a writer for uh decibel magazine and if you actually remember the uh, the hot cover story that was done a few years ago by Decibel, he actually wrote that. Sean's a sweetheart. I I, I absolutely love Sean. Yep. He is. Uh, he, he has been a he's been a believer in Ice House for a long time. So, yeah. Um, he he is great. Um, someone else I'd like to give I like to give shout out to two more people. Uh, then we got uh, Chris Sullivan of Wolf Tooth. Um, Wolf Tooth is an incredible band, and if you are into um, heavy metal with with a little bit of a stoner tint, uh, you will absolutely love Wolf Tooth. They are signed at Apalm Records. I've been friends with those guys uh, since since the beginning. <laughs> so uh, go definitely check out Wolf Tooth. And then last but not least, uh, Tucker from Throne of Iron. He, me and uh, Tucker and I, we have had a long history together. Uh, we, we, it's because of him that I've been to heavy metal and we went to high school together. So, um, so yeah, uh, go support all the things that those people are doing. Hell yeah. They absolutely need it. Hell yeah, absolutely. Of course, Sean, friend of the Metal Forge, he, he's done so much for us as well. And he co-promotes a festival show at Black Circle Brewing. Actually, one coming up here in the next couple of weeks, which is Heavy Hell 3, I believe, yes. with the yes. the amazing headliners, Midnight. You know, yes. he, he and Dustin from Stranger Attractions, so fucking cool. Yes, totally. And uh, Dem- Demiricus, too. Yes, yes, yes. And so fucking cool. Total shout-outs to them. Uh, Got to look up the band, for sure. And, you know, with Tucker, of course, super rad guy. He was on the show about two years ago. So I need to hit him up, and we need to do, like, a reforged episode with Tucker because, you know, he's he's just a cool cat. Absolutely. So final question of the day, what is something weird that you do before bedtime? 
um, let's see. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be boring here. I really don't do anything that weird. What? Um, no, I, I I'm I'm pretty normal when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, I guess if anything, I sleep with like three fans. I, okay. I can't I can't I can't sleep um, without the sound of a fan or I, I can't sleep if I'm too hot. Oh yeah. I get that. So, um, well, and cause, cause I have two young kids. My youngest likes to get in bed, every, get in bed with us every night. So I guess the weirdest thing I end up doing is I basically, I start off in bed and I end up on the couch almost every single night. So <laughs> that's it. That's actually not too far fetched. I, I mean, I don't even no. have kids and that happens to me. Like I'll wake up at like four in the morning, which is like, two and a half hours before I actually have to be up for work. And I'm just like, well, shit, if I know if I go and lay back down, I'm going to sleep through my alarm. So it's like I sleep on the couch, but I just like mostly doze. So, yeah, I totally get that. How many alarms do you set? Like seven. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that's exactly what I do. Okay, we got... We got five o'clock, five o five, five ten, five fifteen, five twenty, <laughs> and then and then you set like the uh, on the iPhone. It's got like the uh, the warning noise, like the like the the air raid alert, and that's always the the alarm that I set. That's the last alarm for that I know will wake me up. Yeah, you're just like it's, that's the alarm. It's like okay, shit, shit's cash. Gotta get up. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> You've you slept through the five uh, the four thirty alarm. You've slept through the five alarm. You slept through the five thirty alarm. It's like, and then you're like, it's like, oh shit, it's like it's about about to go down. Fuck, you got to get out of bed, dude. Get the fuck up. (laughs) For for absolutely sure, it's like, oh, it's like, come on. Uh, For as much as like as it is, like on the weekends, it's like. It's like no sleep till Hammersmith, you know. It's <laughs> it's like yeah. stay up till four in the morning with the bourbon and and everything else, and just being like, oh well, shit. Now what am I gonna do all Sunday? Because now I feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, I said I can't. I can't even. I can't even have fun anymore. Like I, like, I I'm, I'm 31 years old, and I'm I already feel like I'm in my 60s. It's like this. This ain't. This ain't. This ain't right. I, I should I should be going until four o'clock in the morning, right? And, but, and yeah, because you know I'm almost forty and doing it. So <laughs> I like my I like my sleep too much, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, dude, thank you so much for coming on to the Metal Forge this week, Jason. This has been awesome. It's been a great conversation. Uh, I always love talking with everybody you know that's in my area because you find out so many cool people and you're just like, Hey, you're from there. Well, I'm from here. That's like not that far away. And it's like, you know, it's like that six degrees of separation where everybody seems to know somebody. Absolutely. And Hey, I would be more than, more than happy to come back on again in the future. We can continue talking about how people need to listen to to St. Anger and give it a shot. Yes. Well, we'll do like a St. Anger special where I think I'm going to, I'm going to take all of the St. Anger bits out of every show on the 20th anniversary episode of St. Anger or the 20th anniversary release of St. Anger. And I'll, and I'll put it down and just be like, you know, and it'll be like our lifetime, our lifestyle determines our death style. The Metal Forge special. <laughs> yep, tick 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 tock. <laughs> yes. So, dude, on the album "Darkness from Beyond," what do you want to play out today? 
Oh, uh, well, let's see. Um, let's do let's do my, my personal favorite track, and that is Snowfire. Hell yeah. You heard him. This is from Ice Owl. This is Snowfire.
Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? <laughs> you ain't no man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird we never even thought of. Well, no. My friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's going to get weird is the name of the podcast. Available everywhere. And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now... We're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. 
You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.